I stand here at the base of the Kenai River, hands clasped around my pole, with nothing but an empty net and a hope for a fish to find it. I wait alongside thousands of other Alaska residents for a sockeye salmon to find my net. Not the net inches from mine, not the net at the front of the line, but mine. I want to be the chosen one. I silently talk to the fish. Please, please find my net. I talk to the folks around me as diverse as they come, all of us united by fish. When a fellow dip netter loses a fish at the shore and stands there shaking his head at his empty net, I feel the guy's pain. I've been there before. Haven't we all lost something? Arrived empty-handed, heart shattered when we expected to be full? When tragedy calls my name, I deny or blame or try to rewind time like Superman saving Lois Lane. When it happens to other folks, I question their decisions, or <laughs> label them <laughs> as, as a smokescreen to keep me safe. Like the way people often give me false praise for raising a child with special needs. God must have chosen you to be his mom. You are so good, so kind, so brave, because if there is something special about me, then maybe it couldn't happen to them. But it could happen to anyone. Chance, luck, the fish that swims past a thousand nets and gets caught in mine. I lick the salt from my lips, remnants of waves far bigger than me, waves that crest and break when I can't escape. I can't feel my fingers, my arms ache, my bladder's as full as my belly's empty, but I stand chest high in the 50 degree water for hours, waiting for that first fish, for the rush of a salmon swimming full tilt into the net I hold. What if, what if we didn't have to wait that night in the emergency room? Nick and I alone in a room, the night my water broke four full months too soon. This can't be happening, it's not time. Please stay in, please, not now, not me, please. When a nurse finally checked me, she saw my baby's foot and couldn't hear his heart. And that's when everything happened too quickly. I remember my husband's eyes as they wheeled me away for an emergency C-section, the fear in me practically bouncing my legs off the gurney. I wanted nothing more than to rewind. Back to my bed, Nick asleep by my side, baby boy safe inside, rewind. I woke up in a surgery recovery room with an unfamiliar doctor by my side. Where's my baby? She told me he was in the newborn intensive care unit. Is he okay? Her dark brown eyes looked into mine and she said, he's alive, but I can't tell you he's going to survive. Our first child, Elias, was born with an APGAR score of zero. No movement, no heartbeat, no breath. At five minutes, still zero. Our one pound baby died, and the doctors and nurses brought him back to life. I couldn't hold him for the first two weeks, so I planted my feet by his side, my hands on his isolate. I stood there and I waited 
We spent 94 days in that NICU, and despite dire predictions, Elias survived. Seven years later, he holds himself upright with the help of forearm crutches, which he uses to poke a salmon carcass on the beach. Mom, how do I undead the fish? How do I go back in time? How do I get a second try? What if we didn't have to wait so long? What if my cervix hadn't opened? What if I'd been more cautious? What if I look back at my boy at the beach and say, oh, bud, you can't. When I'm bigger, I can go out there. I can fish, too. Yes. Yes, you can. And I mean it. I know we'll find a way for Elias to dip net, too, someday. Though, I must say, I love this time on the water without my kids. I love the physical work of holding the net against the tides, the beauty of the light on the ocean, the volcanoes in the distance, the simplicity of my role. Hold the pole, harvest fish. So different from parenthood. People often say to me, I don't know how you do it. What they mean is how I parent a child with so many needs. Elias's short list includes visual impairment, cerebral palsy, and autism. I don't know how you do it. Um, well, what's the alternative? To not? Uh, sorry, God, um, we said we didn't care if it was a boy or a girl. As long as it was healthy, you can take them back. I plant my feet in the sand, hold tight to my net, stay in the water, and wait. The woman next to me catches one, and I can't help but wonder out of the thousands of nets waiting, why hers? I mean, is it fate or timing or equipment or skill? I think it's chaos theory. I think everything doesn't happen for a reason. It's random and luck and just being in the right place at the right time. And we can point to our tools or our skills as factors in the bounty, but perhaps we can't pinpoint the cause. Just as I can't claim there's something special about me for raising a child like Elias, a child with an injured brain and miles between stones, I parent Elias by following his needs, winging it. And I'm always wondering if I'm doing it right. The strength comes from loving him, not from some innate goodness in my soul. I am not a chosen one, just randomly selected. A fish hits and I flip and yank my net with everything I got. Please stay in, please. When I finally land the sockeye, I do a little dance around my net. Thank you. I lay my hands on the silver scales and study this first fish of the season longer than normal after waiting so long. Thank you, I tell the salmon with each strike. Thank you. <laughs> I hoist my fish high up in the air as both an offering and a prayer for my loved ones who watch from the camp above. Yay, Mom, I hear Elias say as he claps his hands together the way that he does in his standing ovation of one. I bow to my boy. Then I turn back towards the water, pick up my net, wield my net like a direct line between family and sea, luck and will, sustenance and soul. And as I face the oncoming waves, I think one more. Just one more. Thank you. Wow.